the cell block tango from Chicago, which succeeds in having a lot of um, beautiful women in their underwear on stage. Um, but I'm not sure what else it accomplishes. You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Uh, welcome to the new episode of Glee on the Rocks. I am Emily. And I'm B. And today we are discussing season three, episode 18, Choke. Um, and the quick Netflix recap, because I was not going to read a paragraph off the Wikia, <laughs> is Rachel and Kurt finally get their chance to audition for the New York Academy of the Dramatic Arts, which really leaves out like most of the episode yeah that's one of three big plots yes there are three main plot lines and that is one of them and frankly does not even take up a third of the episode not even yeah not even um so yeah so we're nearing the end of season three and it's only taken us three years to get here (laughs) so we're really gonna savor this one we have to savor it just really right on track with an actual season of television. <laughs> um, this one is another Marty Noxon episode. Oh my God, I didn't realize. Yeah. And I, I mean, we were so happy with Marty the first time around and I, I don't want to rain on her parade this time around, but like, girl. But did Marty do the best with what she could, what like she had? Probably. Were they like Marty write these storylines or did she fabricate them? That's the question. That's probably what happened. Yeah. She probably was given, um, they probably broke out the episodes and then she had to, her name was put on it and she probably had to kind of flesh out the story. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a bummer of an episode, um, kind of all around. It's three out of three bummer storylines. Yeah. Um, it was so sad that Mandy was just like, fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> she was like, and this is depressing as hell. You guys are, can have it. <laughs> too much Rachel, can't deal, goodbye. Um, and hard to blame her. So I remember three... seeing this episode live. It was a fucking downer. I remember being really, like yeah. depressed. Yeah. It's super depressing. And I was trying to remember, and then I forgot to go look up what the promo looked like for this mm-hmm. one. Because um, I, oh, I remember because it definitely busy. had like flashes of Kurt performing in the pants. Yes. I remember like May pants. blurry, mm-hmm. low quality gifts. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know what the, else. Yeah. Kurt and his pants were a big, big deal on the Tumblr. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah um beast's storyline was a big big deal Mm -hmm. puck exists yeah (laughs) sorry puck stands i mean uh, at the time so so the big storylines are kurt and rachel have to audition i guess it makes i don't know i mean i didn't i didn't do dramatic arts does it make sense to you that a school such as niata would send someone like Thibodeau around to small ass fucking Midwestern schools to watch two people perform. Probably auditions. not. Especially, I don't know what really happens with 
schools like that because I feel like I've seen movies too where it's like it's Juilliard but you have to go to New York to audition Mm -hmm. but then there's other ones where like it's Juilliard but someone scouted you at a competition and then yeah so I don't I don't know what the truth is I don't know either and I just didn't bother to do the research on this one and I I guess maybe it would make more sense to me if there was like the Midwest regional audition where everyone in the Mm -hmm. area had to come audition over the weekend not that this woman would come all the way from new york to watch two people audition no that makes sense they really overblew like her importance like this is basically a dean at the school yeah is the sense i got and it's like a dean would not be coming to lima ohio i didn't even think of that but you're so and, right <laughs> and she's coming for about five minutes of her time literally she's she gave rachel 16 bars right I mean, at least she let Kurt finish his song. So Kurt's Dan. And I mean, she gave Kurt, she, she gave Kurt the entire fucking song and she gave <laughs> Rachel 16 bars, but like same. So, but those are our storylines is Kurt and Rachel have to audition. Puck is um, failing out of school, which absolutely no one suspected was going to happen. And then um, Coach Beast shows up um, with a black eye and Santana um, makes a super inappropriate joke about it. And then the fallout from that. Um, which one of these do we want to tackle first? Let's go most depressing to least depressing. So I think we should talk about the B storyline first. I just feel like that'd be a total storyline to end on. I think we should start with that. You don't want to end the night on domestic <sighs> violence? This episode is such a mm-hmm. gotcha. Like I, like I said, I remember the night I watched this episode. I was in my dorm room, my sophomore year, and my friends and I used to watch Glee together every week. And they pull a fast one on you. You guys didn't watch they the do. episode and don't remember. Beast says that oh everything's fine like i moved out and then she fucking did it and they show you like in the middle of the beautiful song where she's crying Mm -hmm. and it's just mean i was so upset it's bad it's so bad bad. it was unnecessary it is yeah so what happens is um she comes uh, in the very beginning of the episode santana makes a joke about the black eye that uh cooter must be hitting her which i mean santana makes a lot of really inappropriate comments in the first place but do we really think that santana is going to make a domestic violence joke yeah i felt forced it felt forced to me too yeah to get us to that point especially for them to like laugh at it i was like okay saying it is one thing but people thinking it's hilariously funny Uh is confusing to me too yeah, but I did appreciate um, Coach Roz immediately mm-hmm. calling her out for that shit. Let me tell you something. I'm Coach Roz Washington. I'm an Olympic champion, and I do not suffer fools, especially fools who think domestic violence is funny. And then Coach Sue, and by the way, we have three female coaches at this school. Fuck yeah, we do. Like, hooray. Uh, Coach Sue finally agrees with two other people at the same time <laughs> over something <laughs> but these uh, are like her sworn enemies sometimes so they are yeah. her sworn enemies but they as the apparently only sane adults in the entire school come to an agreement that hey domestic violence is some fucking bullshit and they're not going to stand for the glee girls giggling over a bullshit joke the glee girls minus quinn 
by the way, which is Mine is Quinn. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, that's an aside. Where the fuck was Quinn in this episode? She wasn't there. Oh, yeah. What was Diana doing? But um, hmm. Sugar was back, so. <laughs> there, were there too many women on screen they had to replace Diana with Sugar Mata? I guess so. I don't know. Huh. They, they I hon- randomly bring people in and out sometimes. I'm like, that's you know not what? how school works. Stop it. <laughs> to be perfectly fair, I until I didn't actually notice that Quinn was not in the episode. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> Diana stands activate. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you know what? I didn't actually notice. I did notice that during Shake It Out, they were uh, Brittany and Sugar were sitting on the end, but just, not singing. They're just staring. I was like, what? Why are you just? Why are you even fucking there then? I know. Um, Is it the whole song? I did notice at the end, and I was like, were, were "I think they're sitting there the whole time, and they're just out of frame." Oh, yeah. I mean, so interesting. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I was I was gonna say, oh, this was this whole storyline. Well, not the whole thing, but part of the storyline is just an excuse for like these specific Glee girls to sing together. Because otherwise, when would they ever just the mm. like five of them do a song together? But I guess that they don't. They, I guess they know, don't. And ends that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The uh, so the trio of coaches sit them down to talk about domestic violence and what it does and does not look like. Which, I mean, yeah, it's a bit of an after school special, but definitely one that needed to be said. Mm-hmm. And I mean, does Coach Beast need to be? a scapegoat and does she need to have this as part of her storyline like do we need to have a a character in glee be assaulted like this honestly i feel like beast might be the adult quinn in some ways Mm -hmm. like as you said Mm -hmm. that i'm thinking like she had the storyline about never being kissed and then had the storyline about like the guys like fantasizing about her to like cool Mm. down like she's just had a lot of like humiliating Mm storylines um she does which is annoying because she's just kind of like untraditional (laughs) untraditionally attractive yes she's not she's not a conventionally attractive woman and they yep use that as a storyline yeah, and it does because she's not conventionally attractive. Then it's like she can't have a happy ending at all. Exactly. She could have just had like a really solid relationship with someone who finally was like cool about it. Like, oh, he just he just likes me because I like to eat ham and lift stuff. It didn't even last for like one episode. Like she <laughs> no, it didn't. It's at so all. upsetting. Yeah, it didn't even make it a full episode. Like, you didn't even get to see them, like, I don't know, lift weights together or go to wrestling competitions or that honky-tonk bar on a date. Right. It's just immediately a dick bag. They got married, like, in Vegas type. It wasn't in Vegas, but it was, like, a Vegas Mm -hmm. type thing. And I don't think we ever see a nice, happy scene between the two of them. Not that I want one at this point, but you know what I mean? It's like... Did they just set this up for pain? I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Feels like it. Just the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Feel, yeah. Feels like, hey, let's give the audience a reminder that domestic violence can look different. That it can be adults and it can be uh, a woman who looks strong and capable 
and doesn't look like someone who would be hurt by anyone. Right. And could beat the shit out of you. But instead, her husband's the violent one. And I think it speaks to, like, emotional abuse as well in her statement about how, like, I don't think anyone else will ever love me. Like, she's not the one who put that idea in her head, you know? That was him. Yes, that, put that, idea that was in him. Her head. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just another layer of, like, the abuse and the mindset that unfortunately keeps survivors of domestic violence, like, in their situations. It does. Because she lied to everyone about what was going on um, to get them to stop paying attention to her. It's so interesting to me that she told the truth and then, I mean, I'm sure something happened off screen in between, but she told the truth that the black eye was from Cooter and then basically the next day is like, oh, I got out and I'm proud of myself and says all this. And then we see in the one of the final scenes that she is still living in the same home with Cooter and he's thanking her Mm -hmm. for giving him another chance. So I wish they had kind of shown more of the in-between. So I feel like it Mm -hmm. kind of got used just kind of for a gotcha, like gut punch moment at the end. And I mean, it succeeds, but um, I feel like it kind of loses its point about domestic violence and manipulation when there's just kind of like a blank space in between those two scenes. Yeah. It just looks like she lied to them rather than Than he... That he was manipulative, just that she was the liar. Right. But but Shake It Out was super pretty. It's always darkest before the dawn. Shake it out, shake it out. Shake it out, shake it out. Oh, shake it out, shake it out. Shake it out, shake it out. Oh, and it's hard to dance with the devil on your back. So shake them off. Shake It Out is one of my favorite songs that they do. Um, Wait, one of my favorite it's, such, it's such a shame because they do – it's not like they ruin it, but it is like – it's tainted a little bit. Right, yeah. Like it's you such can't a beautiful – Without remembering like what yeah. the scene in the episode is, right? Because – so they – as a – Sue, right? Yeah. Sue has them uh, – the Glee girls choose a song meant – the how did how does she put it like wants them to pick a song that empowers women that previously was like against women or something or yeah i didn't really understand the assignment it was so specific um it was, it was so like, specific t- like too specific right it was like take a song that is about domestic violence and turn mm-hmm. it into a song that would empower a woman to leave her situation it was um, basically like find a rihanna song right and um, their first choice is the Cell Block Tango from Chicago, mm-hmm. <laughs> which succeeds in having a lot of um, beautiful women in their underwear on stage. Um, it sure does. But I'm not sure what else it accomplishes. But um, Santana looks damn good. I'll just speak for myself yep. and Mandy on that one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes, she does. Uh, they look good. They sound good. Mm-hmm. Tina gets a whole verse. A whole verse. So proud of her. And... Um, even Sugar gets to sing a little bit. She has a little talking part. She she does. She gets to she gets to shine a little bit, 
and it has not the desired effect that they were hoping for. Nope. It is not correct. Roz says, like, uh, you picked a song about a bunch of crazy women committing homicide or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes find Cell Block Tango empowering. I mean, yeah. I mean, it may not have been the assignment, but I stand by the fact that the assignment was too specific, and uh, that's a great song, and it makes me feel like I could... (laughs) It does. Kill a man and leave my situation. So Yeah. And at this point, um, Taylor Swift's album had not yet come out. Mm, true. So there, the material wasn't there yet. Yeah. It wasn't there. They didn't know that they'd have a song to go for. That's right. But the reboot of Glee, plenty of material to choose from. They have so many years worth of stuff to catch up on. They do. So after they perform the Chicago song and Roz is like, nope. You just pranced around in your underwear. You missed the assignment. Then they have a sit down with Coach Beast where Beast tells them, okay, yes, I lied. He did hit me, but I left him, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's another scene where they're like, oh, well, we owe you a song. And they sing her the song. Yes. Yep. They sing her a very lovely Florence and the Machine um, acoustic, (laughs) shake it out, uh, acoustic version. And it's so good. And it's so good. It reminds me of um, Mercedes and Tina doing Dog Days Are Over. Wow, they should have done more Florence uh, songs. They should. should. Do we have to <laughs> talk about the puck stuff? Because if not, we'll um, just segue. We, we do um, because it is like at least a third of the episode. You're right. It's so, it's so much. And um, because the rain in Spain is super cute. That one is cute, actually. the The cutest part of the puck storyline is definitely the Glee guys, um, yes, just rallying, rallying for a friend, which is so mm-hmm. sweet. Um, there's a lot of funny lines that came out of this episode. I forgot they were all in this episode. Um, Mike asking Blaine about how to use hair gel. I, funny, <laughs> also a dig at the fans who hate Blaine's hair. <laughs> Was it supposed to be like Blaine loves his hair gel? So shut up. Like <laughs> I, I do I as someone who thinks that Ryan Murphy knows that a lot of people hate Blaine's hair, mm. I think that's a dig at the people who hate Blaine's hair and are vocal about it. Mm. But I also firmly wear the hat that says that Ryan Murphy does things that he knows the fans hate. Yeah, he loves to spite people. This is yeah. True. I mm-hmm. think there are spiteful storylines in Glee, and I will die on that hill. No, I agree with that. I feel like but, it may not seem that way if you watch it now without the context that we have, but exactly it's the definitely con- spite. Mm-hmm. It's it's the tweets that line up about Ryan Murphy <laughs> talking about Blaine's hair gel, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you have you have to do the red thread between the show and the tweets is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's us in front of a bulletin board. And Ryan if you haven't <laughs> And if you <laughs> haven't done the work, you can't comment on the post. I feel like sometimes our podcast is that Twitter meme where it was like, you just had to be there. And it's just like Ryan Murphy's cryptic tweets. It is. Yeah. And that's still a box scene. Yep. And all the fake egg accounts following Ryan Murphy to get him to a certain number so he would release Mm -hmm. it. 100%. That is what this podcast is. It's just like, if you were not there, you didn't understand. 
And if you were, I'm so sorry. And you probably qualify for financial compensation for the trauma that you went through. It's just a long form commercial for a fake lawyer. If you were a Glee fan in 2009, you may qualify for financial compensation. We could get together a class action lawsuit at this point. (laughs) We could. Pain and suffering. Emotional devastation. Especially if they put together a reboot anytime soon. Pain and suffering. See, my plan would be if there is a reboot, I'm just going to get myself hired on it and destroy it from the inside. (laughs) See, they need to watch out. They're going to have to thoroughly vet everyone who applies because... See, the problem is, though, they can. I just have the credentials. (laughs) Yes. So, like, vet away. This was the strategic, like, hiding of your Mm -hmm. true identity. It was the longest con. The longest con. (laughs) Been playing the longest con the whole time. And honestly, that's all Glee is. Um, You got to take the parts you can take and leave the parts that you got to leave. Like we take, we take the rain in Spain. (laughs) Yes. Um. My God, that segue was amazing. I just want to thank you. Give you the props. Yes, the rain in Spain is so cute. I love that Finn rallied all the guys and he's like, we got to make an intervention. I did think it was funny that Finn was like, if we if we don't graduate together, we don't graduate at all when none of those guys are seniors mm-hmm. except for him. And I think yep. Mike, every other yep. guy is not a senior. Mm-hmm. So what was the point of that? Anyways. <laughs> Blaine sitting there thinking like, I know. Fuck you, Finn. I, sh- yeah. I should be graduating as a Ryan fifth Murphy. year fifth year junior <laughs> no when they said junior member i'm just kidding we were not gonna go there um <laughs> they said <laughs> um although <laughs> rewinding i guess to the earlier in the episode were you surprised when puck did schools out how many goth punk kids at mckinley there were all of a sudden i'm gonna be honest with you i did not watch that number i walked away and did a chore during it i'm so sorry (laughs) um but i'm not surprised by what you just said because mckinley's student makeup just fluxes by the day and the convenience (laughs) by what number is being performed at any given time exactly but it's also one of those it's like okay what part was the fantasy and what part was not i know yeah, there was suddenly just like a lot of goth and yeah. Punk I was about to say, like, did he just like, realize that there were like a bunch of goth punk kids? <laughs> May have. And I was thinking, like, where is Tina in her season one outfit? Yes, she's all sixty go goes now, but um, she could have busted something out. She could have brought out that black lipstick and that purple eyeliner. Like, oh. let's go, blue streaks. The look, I know. Oh, so good. I, and why is Finn all of a sudden worried that Puck isn't going to graduate? Like you've. Have you not noticed what he's been doing since freshman year? No, he went to juvie that time. Like, he's always been a question mark, Finn. And, like, have none of the teachers noticed that this kid has never passed a test this entire, like... Yeah, how is it only one class he's failing? Like, that's kind of confusing me, too. And, like, you've waited until the literal end of the school year to be like, by the way, you're going to fail, so... Yeah. Good, good uh, luck. One test that can save you. Yeah. Like, does it ever come down to, I mean, I've never failed a class in my life. <laughs> Humble brag, but <laughs> not really. Study hard and fear of failure. So, you know. It's the anxiety, you know? It's the anxiety <laughs> is what that is. It's the, it's the uh, fear of dying alone with a A minus. 
But see, then there's the scale of students from Emily to Puck. And when you're on the <laughs> Puck side of the scale, like, you know, to keep an eye on said students. But you have I'm, to keep the, you have to keep an eye on the Emily side, too, because then we grow up into adults who can't get anything done. But you did so good in school. Very few teachers are like, hmm, they're so good, but they're going to be a terrible adult one day. They should. <laughs> That's true. They, they should. They really should. Same. <laughs> but it's, yeah. It's just a different level of failure. No, it is. And um, I feel like there could have been more of a, I feel like the, the plot line that Puck was like going to try to seduce the teacher to get a grade is disgusting. Oh, and I think yeah. could have been so much more interesting to have a storyline of like, this teacher has like given up on him or given Mm -hmm. him a lot of chances he didn't take or just like knew his reputation and never cared. Like, I feel like there's something deeper there besides her just being like, like it was just gross that they went with the, Oh, it's puck. So he's just going to seduce them. That was always his plan kind of storyline. Like I'm like, ouch, I feel like there could have been a much deeper convo about the American education system here, but we didn't go that route. The easy route, the like puck will hit on anyone route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then later when he's cleaning the pool, he doesn't take her up on her offer to have sex. So what was that saying? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't feel like they kind of lost the thread a little bit. Marty, what was up with that? <laughs> Come yeah, on our podcast. Marty, <laughs> Marty explain. Marty, we need to explain. Marty. Hey, Marty. Question. Like six questions, actually. So many questions. Now that we're thinking about it. But Including we- if he was getting those first couple of questions correct – he would have had to have gotten absolutely everything else wrong to get an F. To get an F, yeah. So, like, what was on that test? And how bad of a teacher is she that he, <laughs> like, did he never go to class? Possibly. He did miss, like, Possibly. a few days during this week in question, so. In in juvie. <laughs> I know. And in juvie. But um, this episode does have one of my favorite scenes, which is where Finn has the diagram of how they're going to kidnap <laughs> at the house he's cleaning the pool at to make yes. him go back to school and study for his test. And he's got <laughs> the little stick figures up. And Blaine's like, is that, is that a bear I'm hiding behind? And it does look like a bear. And he's like, no, no, it's a bush. It looks like a bear. But it's not a bear. It's a bush. Maybe a shrub. What's the difference between a shrub and a bush? <laughs> um, yep. So funny. Actual teenage boys. Yes. And then Artie's going to jump in the pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a little stick figure Artie. In yep. The pool. Well, he it's practiced great. with the We Found Love when he exactly. just like swan dived into the correct. pool. <laughs> He'd already gotten that down. He knew what he was doing. Yes. Yes. Love it. I mean, and so it was a great plan, but sadly they don't get to execute it because Puck Mm-mm. does show up back at school. It does. Ready to learn because he met his dad. Oh yeah, his dad. Because his dad. So that was I really mean, where this cool. was going. Deadbeat dad plot line. Yeah, deadbeat dad asking for money, which as is, deadbeat dads do, is sad because you know his whole thing about moving to LA like that was his money to move to LA. So now he can't do that. Mm-hmm. But now he also failed the test that they worked so hard to study for. So. They worked work so hard to study for that one night. I know. But they did that one night. Um, yeah. You know, in high school, that probably would have worked, though, TBH, if he had <laughs> gone to TBH. class at all. <laughs> That's true. He was just probably too far gone. Poor Puck. If he'd done, like, maybe two more study sessions, he could have gotten it. Yeah, probably. 
Because what did he need? Like a D plus to push him over the edge? Yeah, he just needed a D plus. Um, but while they're studying at what, three in the morning, we do get one of the most delightful, silly songs ever I done. in spain it just has such like an old school glee vibe to it it does it It like it fits the scene in a way that only musical theater songs can fit a scene like this couldn't it's just dumb but it's great it is and it feels like something that could really happen like someone says something and you start and it reminds you of a song lyric and they're all singing it. Like that's something that's happened to everyone before. Mm-hmm. And it's a really sweet version of it. And they have that really manic 3 a.m. energy too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just wonderful. And it's all the Glee guys. It is. They don't get to. And well, it was nice too that it wasn't something that Mr. Schuster had like forced upon them. Oh, in right. a, <laughs> I need you to come. Yeah. I need you guys to come up with a song to help Puck learn. <laughs> like, ugh. God. No, it's so true. See, when they do it on their own, they come up with a great idea. They don't need that guy. And it has the spirit of like, we're actually just a group of people who sing for fun and enjoy singing. Not like this is an emotional moment we're having a fantasy sequence about, which Mm -hmm. has its time and place. But the magic, as we've talked about before, of being in a glee club is making music together. And they don't get that a lot except in competitions. So it was. Yeah. And it's like, and it wasn't as overproduced as some of the songs get later on down right. the line. It does just kind of sound like a couple of guys in a room running around. Just jamming. Yeah. Just jamming. But Full sadly, jam. he fails. Yep. Spoiler alert. <laughs> as we said five times already. He I does. don't think we did, but. Um, oh, did we disclaimer. not? I mean, honestly, this is three seasons in the end here. Like, you listen to us for the recap, so you can remember what you've what you've drank to forget. So, hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. Following my breakdown of Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, I'm back in forks, baby, and I'm looking at New Moon, Stephanie Meyer's shitty Twilight sequel about a depressed teenager her werewolf best friend, and her her vampire boyfriend who, who goes to Italy and glitters in the sun or something. Uh, new episodes are released every week. Read along with me and let me know your thoughts at PodBreakingDown on Twitter or visit BreakingDownBadBooks.com for all of the links and contact information. Over on the Patreon, I'm covering Blanka Lipinska's 365 Days, which is a Fifty Shades knockoff, but originally written in Polish and much worse. <laughs> You can access those bonus episodes at patreon.com slash breaking down bad books. Happy reading. This episode truly opened with the Rachel that I remember and Me love. Too. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like back to being Rachel ambitious as fuck. Right. She's like, I won't even kiss my boyfriend this week. I'm focused. Mm-hmm. I own the prize. Got to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Practicing, working out, looking at my vision board. Like it, it was, was like season one. Pilot. Yeah. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. On her elliptical in the morning doing her thing, she looked like a high school student again for once without all her shitty makeup. Yeah. She didn't look like a 30-year-old Broadway actress. Like, yes. Let's do this. But then that came in bitter in the ass, didn't it? I know. Well, and then it turned right around to the Rachel I dislike. Um, like trying to talk Kurt out of his number, out of her own mm-hmm. insecurities. Yep. And I feel like they should have dug just a little bit deeper into what was going on with Rachel. And once again, I feel like this episode was these three gotcha moments. Like, gotcha, Puck really failed after all that. Gotcha, Beast went back to Cooper after all that. And gotcha, Rachel mm-hmm. choked up the audition after all that. And it's like, I wish we had seen a little, like with Puck, it's like, Dude, he he hasn't paid attention all school year. Like, right. I'm not surprised that he failed. Like, one night of cramming, like you said, Emily, mm-hmm. was not going to be enough to save him, probably. With Beast, it's like... We've already talked about that. I'm going to try not to get fired up. <laughs> With Rachel, I feel like it's like... Why? Like, I think they mm-hmm. kind of tried to set it up a little bit. Um, And I'm getting ahead of myself, I know. But it's just like... Why? Big twist. Rachel, in her one moment she needs to deliver, can't deliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't do it. And chokes. She chokes. And I guess that's kind of um, – I know that unfolds over the next few episodes as well. But, um, yeah. So we start out the episode with one of my favorite clean scenes of all time. <laughs> Let's just start there. Thank you, yes. Marty. For Thank you, Marty, for this iconic. one. Thank clean scene yep kurt is practicing for his neata audition and doing music of the night from the phantom of the opera which by the way he does not sound great on not sure why that was his choice like i'm very confused as to why that was his number one choice it he also had, have we have we like have we heard that kurt loves music of or um phantom of the opera before because rachel was making it sound like this was his go-to song that he sang every night for the last 300 years and i was like have we i don't I don't know that we've heard Kurt talk about Phantom of the Opera that much. I didn't get that either. I'm like, it's interesting that Rachel was going with her, you know, song she's sang before, auditioned with before, etc. And Kurt was going with a song that, yeah, we've never heard him do. Like, I think it would have made more sense if maybe he went back to some other song he's done before that he's nailed. There's plenty yeah. solos. Yeah, she just. She just made it sound like Music of the Night was his go-to song. Like, I don't yeah. know. We haven't heard him sing it or even talk about Phantom. I guess they were saying, like, in the question of the Niata audition, that's mm-hmm. the song he had planned on for him, you know, mm-hmm. back when they started applying, which I think doesn't even hold water. Marty no. was trying. Um, so, I mean, even if you follow that logic, it's kind of like, and for what? He had, like, no passion in his voice. The Mm-mm. choreography was half done. Tina was not pulling her weight. Um, Tina looked dead. Tina, they looked bored out of their minds. Um, Kurt, they didn't show off anything of Kurt's anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I digress. Luckily, everything works out. But I love the scene with Blaine's watching him perform and Mm -hmm. Kurt perform. And it's a little lackluster. But even then, Blaine's like, amazing. I loved it. You're perfect. And I'm like, that's my best boyfriend award winner right it there. Is. Um, and then Kurt kind of starts to have a breakdown. He's like, I needs more pizzazz. What if I sequined my cape or sang it in German or did it in the nude? <laughs> I mean, I don't think Blaine would mind. Uh, Blaine minded like a little. He was like, what? No. <laughs> Maybe not in front of other people. Um 
I just love it's so curt his like little breakdown um and and where his mind goes he's like oh mm-hmm. I just need to like panache it a little bit um and the line where he's like or maybe I just need more candles it's and like, like oh god no no more candles I love that line that's one of my favorite like it's funny plain moments Darren's delivery on that line is oh Emmy worthy it's award-winning. Darren really pulls focus in this episode, and I'm so proud of him. Yep. <laughs> He's got a lot of genuinely funny He does. Lines. I think Marty likes Darren a little bit. A little bit. Like, but after Kurt's breakdown a little bit about music of the night, he off screen, I guess, decides to try something else. That's the conversation I want him to have with Blaine, is yep. they decide together in Blaine's uh sea captain room. Listening to Roxy music. Mm -hmm. Exactly. To do I Am Not the Boy Next Door while Kurt tries on the gold lame pants. Yes. And they're like shopping for gold lame I love it. Mm -hmm. Maybe Blaine already has the gold lame pants. Amazing. Sure. And he'd be like, it's from my Halloween costume. I love it. (laughs) No, I totally agree. Yep. Um, But Rachel gets wind that he's thinking of changing his song and confronts him in the hallway. And she's like, do your safe choice. It's why you've been practicing. You haven't practiced the other one enough. What did you think about that? Um, it felt like uh, I think um, I think if you want to believe that Rachel is a good friend, it felt like someone trying to have you put your your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. I think if you think Rachel is conniving and wants to win, it's sabotage. And I think Rachel wants to win, hence sabotage. I agree with that. I think you could take it both ways. And I think at this point, Kurt and Rachel are supposed to be like on really good terms. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it can't not have crossed their minds that for two kids from this little backwater high school to get into this very prestigious school in New York City would probably be basically unheard of. Um, Uh And that there is some level of competition here. So yeah. I think it helps that they are not vying for the same roles in mm-hmm. a show. Like they're, they're not, not like, going to be Fanny Bryce. Right. So that helps them. So they're not, you know, they're not going to go to auditions together, but yeah, I think it, they are competing for attention. Right. Um, but I, I think above all, and I'm okay with this when, when the, when Rachel, the character and when the writers acknowledge that she wants to win right i'm okay with rachel sabotaging people on an entertainment level right like a i'm the star i'm ambitious i'm gonna go to new york and i'm gonna win a tony and then i'm gonna win another one and then i'm gonna have a star on the hall like what the fuck ever i'm fine with that and sometimes she has to step on her friends to get there but as long as she acknowledges that she's doing that that's a character trait and you don't have to like it to find it entertaining. Right. But, but sometimes she is the character does it and tells herself that it's because we're friends. And then it's like, Ugh, stop it. You are not friends. It's, it's the, um, it's from Buffy. You're not friends. You're never going to be friends. Like, right. no, stop. You're not friends. You're enemies. And that's okay. You don't have to be fucking friends. Um, yeah, I think her telling 
Kurt that I am not the boy next door is too risky is is like you said that it is really speaking to her own insecurity that don't rain on my parade is really fucking safe right she does know it back and forth she does know it upside down and sometimes it seems like it's the only song she knows right and every fucking person who auditions knows funny girl like right everyone knows don't rain on my parade everyone knows the standards like every and every person who goes to auditions hears those songs which is what kurt points out like you've heard these songs. you've heard wicked you've heard the like ugh, boring like right barbara's boring sorry like and i think rachel right so when she tells kurt no you can't do not the boy next door you should stick with phantom that's really her telling reassuring herself like you know to stick yeah. with what you know the safe thing is the right thing to do yes um and she's I think- reassuring herself and i think she doesn't want to look extra safe when he goes and blows Thibodeau away right. with something outrageously fun and sparkly i was about to say i think that is what definitely what marty's trying to get us to believe which is not i don't think it's completely off base i just think someone who's as perfect as rachel is it is kind of hard to believe but i don't know maybe mm-hmm. that's just me but yeah, so once it gets to the audition and Kurt is in front of Carmen Thibodeau, who's played by Whoopi, which is amazing. Whoopi. What a Love cool Whoopi. guest star to have. Um, I know. Who was pulling names back in the day. They, they really were. They were. It's amazing. Um, but when he gets in front of her and he's about to do Phantom and she's like, looks really bored. And he's like, oh, you get this one a lot, don't you? And she tells him, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, well. Let's change it up. And I love that about Kurt. That's just always one. Some I've just always truly deeply loved Kurt. And he means a lot to me. And that was just one of the moments where I was like, yes, that is the type of person that I really look up to and idolize. Like someone who's just so intrinsically themselves that they have to do what they know is right for them. <laughs> Even when it's a might be a stupid decision to do so. It's like, no, I know in my heart of hearts that this is what I need to do and I I've yeah. got to trust that. And he does. Underneath there is somebody new. I am not the boy next door. I don't belong like I did before. rips off the pants <laughs> the fact that he was wearing the other outfit underneath the phantom cape meant that he was gonna do that all along well no you know, that's true yeah like maybe he like, like in his, about in it. his soul he was like i have to in his soul he right. was like i'm fucking doing this oh, i think that's i mean that totally makes sense and i think that's why he asked carmen about it that's kind of like his last like moment of mm-hmm. asking for permission like he kind of asked rachel for permission and she said not to do it and when he kind of in a way asked carmen for permission she's like he's like okay well you know i'm gonna yep. leave this all out here i'm gonna leave it all on the field um and i'm not gonna have any regrets about how i did this audition and it's amazing no regrets just love Yes. <laughs> Potentially. And oh, does he dance? <laughs> does he dance. It is just the most quintessentially Kurt thing. And I think that's what makes me the happy. Like, that song just makes me so happy. And we all know Kurt's not the best dancer in the whole world, but he shows what he's got. 
and yeah. flaunts what he's got. And um, he looks like a pretty damn good dancer because he's playing to his strengths. And yeah, just yeah, so far removed from the boy we saw in season one, and mm-hmm. that really makes me happy. Yes, it's definitely like a big moment of growth, and um, I'm sure Chris Culver hated every moment of it, <laughs> but um, it's certainly a great character moment. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of the difference we're seeing between Kurt and Rachel in this moment is like, we're seeing this really high point of Kurt's development, you know, as a singer, as a dancer. Um, he's been through so much over this season, lest we not forget. He mm-hmm. ran for he, went, he ran for president and lost. Um, the whole thing happened with, um, what's his face? He who must not be named. Yes. Thank you. We'll just say that. Um, you know, the hockey guy. Um <laughs> <laughs> then he was a football player. It was confusing. <laughs> Rocky. Um, that happened. His dad ran for threesome. Congress. So many things. He and Blaine had sex for the first time. And that was the whole thing. Like, I can't believe all that happened this season. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just this season, not to mention everything that's happened in seasons before. And right. it's such a moment of triumph for Kurt. And I like watching that. Like, I knew what was going to happen. But I was like holding my breath. Like, I was like really in the moment watching his audition. Um and I remember feeling like that when I watched it the first time. So I know that's just me loving Kurt, but I really felt the emotional impact of his performance. You know, if you think about it, and you should because I just did while you were talking, mm-hmm. um, Kurt is the one person in this episode who did not get a gotcha moment and choke. Mm, that's true. He, he really did the damn thing. Yes. Yeah. He gets to succeed and fucking ace the thing at the end like his audition is a smash yes. and he doesn't like fall off the piano and <laughs> he doesn't blow a high note or he right. doesn't something bad doesn't happen at the very last moment he actually mm. gets to have this big great moment when other people in the episode are kind of stumbling and I can't remember a time that that really happens where Kurt gets to win over everybody else. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I just thought of that while you were saying. Wow, that's so powerful. Like, oh, shit. For once, Kurt gets to win. And that really makes the rest of this season all the more infuriating. Um, so we're going to have to come back to this combo in a few episodes because, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this, while Blaine is watching his audition, he is wearing his first time sweater. Oh my god, you're right. He's wearing he's, the sweater. It's he's fine. doing his little shimmy doing and wearing little, his first time sweater. Clap. I love the way Blaine claps. Oh. It's fine. I well, that's because Darren doesn't know how to clap, so he does I his know. best. I'm gonna have to go watch that scene again because it really truly is just like just makes me so happy. Just yeah. such a great emotional It is. Peak. It's lacking in candles, but like it's pretty good. <laughs> Blaine hit all the candles. He <laughs> he's did. like, I don't know where they went. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, there's just a pool of wax out behind the house. Oh no. I love that um he had like the backup singers on standby too. I know. <laughs> the swans. I had my swans on standby. My swans. It was cute. Then it's Rachel's turn to perform. Yes. Um she and wears she- a simple black ensemble. The hair down and the bangs. Yeah. Hair down with the bangs. You can tell she's a little nervous because at the end of Kurt's um, mind-blowing, triumphant performance. Yes. Carmen Thibodeau is like, Tony <laughs> Award-winning Hugh Jackman would be proud of you. I mean, yes. 
holy shit. Tony warning Hugh Jackman, who apparently she mentored. Yes. Carmen Thibodeau, the character. I don't know if Whoopi really did. She that ain't that old. <laughs> no, she's not. You're right. Um, yes, uh, would be proud of him. So, I mean, you can't get much fucking higher praise than that. Mm-mm. So Rachel starts to panic about I her too. Um, because Carmen's like, you know, it was a bold choice basically and it paid off. And she's like, oh, yep. no, I did not make the bold choice. She did not. And she's about to sing her one song. <laughs> one song now i mean to be sort of fair this song did um win them competitions yes it did yes um rachel starts to panic but she seems to be holding it together backstage she's talking to herself in the mirror getting in the zone finn brings her flowers um i don't remember anything that was actually said in that scene though not significant i'm gonna imagine it was uh you're a star you're gonna do awesome baby and um break a leg yeah that was pretty yeah so the only real in in inkling the the only real inkling that we have that something is wrong is like when she's sitting in the stands hearing carmen compliment kurt which cut rachel is back i guess she's like Mm -hmm. nobody else can be complimented right yeah god forbid anyone else do well (sighs) and she gets on stage she's got the band the lights are low Lights are low. Spotlight right there. Like I said, black on some. She says, I'm going to sing Funny Girl for my favorite musical. Wait, I screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Take two. She said it. Um, I'm going to sing Don't Rain on Parade. Mm. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> I had a glass of wine. Talk um, about choking. I know. Now I'm doing it. Wait. I'm Rachel Berry, and I'm going to sing Don't Rain on My Parade by my favorite musical, Funny Girl. And you know what? She really sounded like a teenager when she said it. She does, made, yeah. Made me like, oh, um, good acting choice, Leah Michelle. Sometimes she really does sound like a little nervous teenage girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate when she can find that that I don't know, vocal, vocal, wow, <laughs> vocal <laughs> styling. We ruined everything in the end of this episode. I've only had coffee. I haven't been <laughs> drinking. Yes, so she begins to sing and does not get very far. She's Everything's going well, it's going well, and then it's going badly, and she accidentally sings the wrong lyrics. They did that weirdly, by the way. They cut the weird lyrics in, I thought. I was like, oh, they should have made it like a part where the words are more similar. I feel like the words weren't that similar that she messed up, supposedly. Yeah, and if you and it because she knows the song so well, she just kind of flowed right into it, and even I was like, well, just keep singing like yeah and that um, that is kind of like one of the rules of an audition is if you start singing the wrong lyric just keep going and i feel like she would know that darren chris is a king at that just keep on fucking going like swim across an empty land that's fine swim across an empty land exactly (laughs) just keep on going if you cross the lyrics just keep going as long as you know the tune yeah like who cares just just run it and as long as you're hitting the notes like whatever maybe that's the problem with being such a perfectionist as she is like Mm -hmm. you know if you were in practice and you sang the wrong word you would stop yourself and start over and uh uh-huh she didn't she didn't prepare for this eventuality. Yeah, because what happens is by stopping, you've 
you've taken yourself out of the moment and now it's over like as soon as she stopped herself it was over that first time right and then she tries again and she just can't can't she's like off rhythm of the song or something Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and that's it and that's it and carmen cuts her off and she tries to start a third time and carmen says uh gtfo and what she says um I gave you 16, but I was only going to give you eight bars, which is like such bullshit. She gave Kurt an entire song. Like that was. I know. That was so confusing. Yeah. I gave you 16 bars. Like, I only had to give you eight and I gave you 16. And it's like, what? Yeah, the eight bars is not that much. I also prepared a whole song. So, like, she didn't cut, yeah, she didn't cut Kurt off, which is interesting. I mean, she's not Simon fucking Cowell. Like, waving off the you know know. this is not american idol or actor like they're high school kids let them sing the song yeah but i mean i get it i get it at the same time like i get it she did come all the way to lima fucking ohio for this like i'd probably be mad too if it didn't turn out um yeah so she um she blows her audition yep and so does not bode well it does not and we cannot even enjoy the triumph of kurt no nailing his audition rachel takes everything because rachel has joked yep and um she disappears for a couple of days her um dad's sit shiva which i thought was funny they do yeah they do um and so them misters barry i love them misters barry yes such an excellent name for them and when she emerges, she sings a punk rock song? Question mark alone in the in the auditorium. It was a yes. strange voice. I thought. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Cry. What it means to. Isn't that a Kelly Clarkson song? Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a Kelly Clarkson song. So yeah. So um, Rachel. Um. Rachel has herself a little cry via song to deal with her emotions over. And she doesn't even know anything bad has happened yet, right? Like, she just knows that she bombed her audition, but she doesn't know that that means she did or did not get into Niata because there's an application. I'm sure they submitted videos. They won some competitions. Like, chill, my baby. But she is Rachel Berry and... Um, some of us are fatalists and think that every bad thing that has ever happened to us ever results in other bad things happening to us always. So, but it also, you know, Kirk got a full song. I could see where she'd be like, <laughs> "That's true." <laughs> like if she'd cut Kurt after sixteen bars and then was like, "Great, good job," then maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get Instead, it. Instead, Carmen Thibodeau was like, "Hugh Jackman once said to me there would be a man, Kurt Hummel, and he would replace me <laughs> in the pantheon." You, sir, are Hugh Jackman. You are the worthy successor. Yeah, basically. You are my son and the one true king (laughs) of gold lemay pants. And she was correct. (laughs) She was correct. And Rachel could not handle not getting praise heaped upon her. And I get it. Look, if I was in Rachel's position, I would have been extremely fragile and upset. Mm -hmm. I would have. So I get why she is. But... I just get salty that Kurt, once again, couldn't even enjoy his triumph, had to go mm-hmm. to Rachel and be like, oh, it's going to be okay. Like, 
she should be telling him how amazing he was. And instead, he's having to be like, you'll be fine, girl. No problem. You know what, though? I bet Kurt did get some good banging from Blaine, That's though. right. Blaine showed him exactly how much he liked those gold on my pants. So, you know. Amen. He did get that. Um. Yeah. So those are those are the big things that happen in this. Um. We get a brief setup for the prom episode where Brittany says, "Oh shit, I have to plan the next prom." <laughs> Little setup action there. Um. The I dare say the words again. The Glee Wiki, <laughs> um, trivia page says to me that um, this is the first time since the pilot that Kurt sings a Broadway song that was actually written for a boy, which is both gendered and interesting. That is interesting. Um, And that when they are uh, Kurt's swans, they're wearing their regionals dresses, Tina, Mercedes, and Brittany. I did notice that. And I was like, you know what? That Mm -hmm. feels realistic to me. Because he was like, I got gold pants. What gold dresses do you ladies have in your closet? Everybody's got that dress they wore at regionals. Love that. I love it. Reuse, recycle. Rihanna. exactly um and then this is the third time that something bad happens to rachel in the 18th episode of the season (laughs) oh i didn't know that so it's like that's in the season where she yep she gets tonsillitis in the laryngitis episode right she gets her nose broken in born this way Mm. and then she chokes her audition fascinating Mm mm-hmm I wonder if that's the only note on the wall of the Glee writer's room. Season 18, Rachel, <laughs> bad, bad things. Probably is. Probably so. Um, and then Dot Marie Jones got a primetime Emmy nomination for this episode. Yes, she did. She she deserves every, every bit of that. Mm-hmm. She's great. Um, yeah. So, do we have a favorite line other than, oh god, no candles, no more candles. No more candles. I can't think of another one. That's my favorite line. That's That's honestly, I think, the only thing I wrote down this time. I think Kurt's little rant before that, and then also the, oh god, no, no more candles, just, it's Mm -hmm. so flawless, yeah. It is flawless. Mm -hmm. Favorite song? Well, I mean, (laughs) definitely not The Boy Next Door, followed closely by Cell Block Tango. He had it coming, Oh, God, but then there's Shake It Out. How do you choose? I don't know. I love them all three for different reasons. So I will not choose. Like a cop out, but I'll take it. Okay. (laughs) I didn't prepare. I didn't think of which one was my favorite. And now I'm sitting here like, but I love them all so much. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Choose Mm -hmm. um, exactly right now. I think favorite performance is Cell Block Tango. Mm, Okay. I'm going to (sighs) go Shake It Out. I'm too gay for this. Um, oh, shake it <laughs> out. So good. So good. It just sounds so pretty. It's just beautiful. You could listen to it over and over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, our Kevin McScale. I think I think Artie was in this episode. He was in it. He had that one line. He had a couple funny lines and like the guy circle up. Oh, know, yes. The figure was rolling into the water. He, okay. He said he had some line about the bush or the shrub, maybe. Or maybe you just made a fun face. I don't know. Point, <laughs> point five, Kevin's. 
point point five for some funny lines. I think he had a line. So that okay. might be one, Kevin. We'll have one to go back. Kevin. To see. If he had a line, I think that's one, Kevin. If he didn't okay. have a line, that's point five, Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Oh, he does have a line because he's like, "What am I doing?" And he's like, "You're rolling into the." Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. One Kevin. Uh, one whole Kevin. Um, clean decks. Mm. Oh, I mean, this was kind of it was like background work, but they did have a whole conversation one to one, which oh, is they did. Rare. That's right. Rare. That is true. But they didn't sing to each other. No they duet. didn't. I think that puts us at like a six or a seven. Ooh, see, I was going to say a five just because it was hey. just like a one-on-one conversation in an entire episode. But we actually had Blaine specifically in a room supporting Kurt. I mean, I just feel like it feels it feels rare in the overall scope of the show. Does we have gotten more now, like we've had higher highs. Oh, so we have to like temper ourselves, but (laughs) they're about to spend a whole season not living in the same place. So, yeah, and we have to punish them for that. (laughs) We'll go 5.5. How about that? We can compromise. I'll accept 5.5 claims. I will accept on the claim decks. I just decided that those are the names of the units, by the way. 5.5 5.5 claims. I don't think I've called it Kevin's or Clane's before, but that's what it is. Okay. And our coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Mm, I feel like my coulda, shoulda, woulda is... I wish that... I mean, I know all these storylines are just starting. Like, this is like the, the beginning or middle of these mm-hmm. storylines. So I don't know if I have a super strong coulda, shoulda, woulda, but I just feel like there could have been a couple more scenes. There could have been a scene where... Kurt and Blaine decide Kurt should do not the boy next door. There could have been a scene where that in between scene where we see like what exactly happened for coach beast to go back to Cooter. I think that would have been, you I mean, you would have missed out on the gut punch. Um, so that's glee for you, but I do feel like that would have, that would have made it feel more like this is an important, serious topic that people should be aware of and less of, you know, PSA of the week feel got it yep 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 what do you think i agree okay i agree um cool okay so what do we have upcoming we have how do i want to is open it promissorious next i think so hmm there's some really cute claim in the prom episode it is promissorious um Yes, but they're going to mock me with his hair. It's a cute scene, though. There's always fun songs when they do school dances, too, because somehow always the Glee Club needs to perform. They do, yeah. They do. Because there's no band. What would we do? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. So we got Promisaurus coming up. Um, We've got some mini episodes on the way. Um, And... I think that's oh, and that will be directed by Eric Stoltz, so you know it's gonna be pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, do you have any final complaints or awesome things? Um, I just love Kurt Elizabeth Hummel. And that's that. <laughs> and that's that. I can't deny it. Can't deny it. 
You've been listening to Glee on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, and more at Glee on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash glee on the rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini-episodes deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you miss on Glee.